Well, that's it. Close the books on the recession. We were wrong about it. The economy is resilient. It's strong. The labor market just cannot be stopped. It is booming. No matter what gets thrown up in its way, the economy continues to push forward. Labor strength at the very front of it. And today's data only proved that this thing is unstoppable. No recession whatsoever. And that data was jolts, job openings. Sorry for the heavy dose of sarcasm here, but it's tough to get all worked up over Jolt's job openings, but yet that's exactly what's happening right now, especially in the face of all the other economic statistics, starting with the rest of the Jolt's numbers that actually show the opposite of what everyone is saying about the labor market and the economy. We've got We've got consumer confidence that's crashing. We've got incomes that have completely ground to a halt. And we've got a bunch of other Jolt's numbers that show... The, the labor market's actually as weak as it's been since we started this whole supply shock journey. But of course, that's not how the headline job openings number is being taken. Let's give you a, a quick sample. The strength of the headline is impressive and certainly bowls well for the ongoing strength in the U.S. labor market. Ian Lingen, head of U.S. rate strategy at BMO Capital Markets, wrote, while the data are from August, Quote, investors are nonetheless interpreting this as yet further confirmation that the U.S. economy could withstand higher real borrowing costs. And then the article goes on to note, the report drove swaps traders to increase wagers on the Federal Reserve raising rates in December to better than a 50-50 odds. So that's absolutely true. Traders are betting that the Federal Reserve will see strength in the labor market from this data because the Federal Reserve always sees strength in the labor market, in particular from this data, even though jolts, jolts and job openings have been completely unreliable for years and years and years. And the reason is they double count they don't, they don't screen for dummy postings. They have companies who do all sorts of things that don't fit in the mechanical definitions of how jolts are put together. Everybody knows that jolts is not an accurate number, but also know that policymakers take this one seriously because for so many years, it was the only one they could look to and say, it looks like the economy's doing recently well. Well, we only need to look at the rest of the jolts data. And as I said, a whole bunch of other stuff, including consumer confidence that has really crashed and incomes that are getting more and more concerning by the month, even if jolts temporarily fluctuated to the, to the high side or to the upside here. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University, we have memberships and research subscriptions available. I've got a daily briefing, a daily deep dive analysis, memberships on the background of the Eurodollar system, all the information available for you at eurodollar.university, which is our website. Check it out there. So let's start with jolts. Let's look at the numbers themselves and see what they're really all about. The headline, well, that, that one jumped. It did go up. It went to 9.61 million for the month of August. Remember, this is further in arrears than the payroll report. So jolts is just catching up to where payrolls were last month. So this is August jolts, 9.61 million. That's up from 8.92 million, which was revised higher from July. But we've seen this before in Jolt's job openings numbers, these temporary one month fluctuations. In fact, just a couple months ago, everyone got so excited about the Jolt's figure from April. 
Because remember, we had the banking crisis in March. We had concerns about recession, legitimate concerns about recession, credit crunch, all that. And then along comes a couple months later, the BLS to put us all at ease by saying back then, the April jolts number was 10.3 million. And that was up from 9.75 million in March. Everybody was expecting job openings to go lower after the banking crisis. And here was the government saying, no, job openings went back above 10 million in April. Of course, then they turned around and fell to 9.62 million in May, and then down even further to 8.9 million in the month of July. So we have these one month fluctuations. There was one last year. In fact, it was a two month fluctuation in November and December of 2022. Jolts went up. Everybody said, ah, see the labor market's not slowing at all. When everything this year, including job openings, tell us that the labor market is actually slowing. And despite this one month fluctuation, this latest one month fluctuation, the direction of job openings, the trend continues to be lower. And that trend is echoed and corroborated by the rest of the job openings, jolts, jolts series, the, the other stuff besides job openings. I'm talking, of course, about maybe the most important part of jolts, that's hires, as well as quits. What are workers themselves seeing for their own labor market perceptions? The hires number in, uh, again, this is August of 2023, just 5.85 million. That's a low total. And that's basically unchanged from July. So where job openings seemed to surge, well, companies didn't actually hire more workers. They hired the same amount of workers as in July, when July was the lowest nominal rate in hires since January 2021. So maybe they advertised more, but they sure as hell didn't hire more. And not only that, when you adjust for population, we're talking about a hires rate that is among would be among the lowest parts of 2019 when we were talking about recession back then too. We've got the hires rate that's the same as it was during the weakest part of 2019. Quits too, because remember the great resignation was everywhere. Everybody was talking about the great resignation in 2021 and 2022. Well now, Workers aren't so confident, assuming they were at all during those years. Workers are saying, we're not really sure that the labor market is one we want to voluntarily leave our job. The quits rate in the month of August, despite the surge, the apparent surge in job openings, the quits rate was basically the same in August as July. 3.63 million in August versus 3.62 million in July. And July, like hires, had been the lowest since February 2021. It's the lowest going back to early 2021. The labor market statistics from jolts are nothing like everybody's interpreting the headline job openings number. And the headline job openings number, not only have we seen this, seen this happen before, these monthly fluctuations just recently, the job openings number is the least reliable of all the labor market numbers that we have available pay more attention to hires and in particular, the rate of hires, however you measure the rate. The BLS actually has their own hires rates, which shows you the same thing. I adjust my hires and come up with a rate based on the civilian non-institutional population. But either way, whatever job openings are saying, whatever that data is actually picking up, it's not working out in actual labor. And that's the case and it has been the case for many, many many years. But when we step outside of jolts and look at some of the other labor and related statistics, 
let's start with consumer confidence because you would think that if job openings were surging back in the month of August, then consumers by October, they'd be really confident because this labor market is strong and resilient. They would be saying, hey, things are looking up. But according to IBB, IBD tip, things are looking bad in a way that we haven't seen since 2011. And in some parts of this bad looking scene since 2011, it's a record low. The IBD tip consumer confidence number plummeted in October, 36.3. That's the lowest since August of 2011. That's down from 43.2 in September. It's down from around the 40s where it's been all summer. That's even worse than June and August of 2022, which had been the previous more than decade lows back then when we had the initial eruption of the supply shock and huge surge in gas prices. And that, that the gas prices, the resurgence in gas prices and oil and energy in the summer of 2023 only partly account for this really dire outlook from consumers. When you look at the, the internals of the, the consumer confidence numbers, what you see is that the six-month outlook crashed. I mean, it fell almost 10 points to 28.7, which is a record low for a series that goes all the way back to 20, 2001. So more than 20 years of data here, record low consumer outlook because jobs are suddenly more plentiful? No. Absolutely not. And the, it doesn't get any better in some of these other numbers. The personal finances sub-index, that one fell six points. That's back in pessimism territory, largely because of uh, what's going on in gasoline. But you put that together with a labor market, economic uncertainty, student loans, and it's no wonder the outlook number is at the is a record low according to this survey. Even financial related stress index, which is part of the IBD tip consumer confidence survey, that one jumped 2.4 points to 70.5, which is the highest level since December 2008. So we got personal finances that are in the same level as 2008. We've got we got more than a decade low to consumer confidence. We got consumers telling IBD they've never been this pessimistic in the entire 20 some years, 22 years of the survey. This doesn't sound like job opening, surging and strong, resilient labor market at all. The reason it doesn't and the real reason why consumers are so pessimistic and the real reasons that we we're not going to pay too much attention to the jolts job opening numbers that came to us last Friday from the Bureau of Economic Analysis when in addition to their consumer price estimates they also released figures on personal income and personal spending emphasis here on personal income because if you believe that the job market is booming, then incomes should reflect that. And not only should incomes reflect that, then you would expect consumer confidence to reflect what incomes are reflecting. Except in this case, consumer confidence appears to be reflecting exactly what incomes are indeed reflecting, which is not a booming labor market, quite the contrary. The statistics for personal income, let's talk about nominal disposable personal income, nominal terms. Because remember, 
throughout the supply shock period, nominal incomes were growing rapidly. They never, they never grew, they never grew fast enough to maintain a, a pay out to outpace consumer prices. So real incomes were always falling behind. But at least in 2022, when consumers were were less confident, it was because prices rather than incomes. Well, in 2023, we don't have that income problem anymore, which means a bigger problem for the economy. Nominal disposable personal income, that was up just 0.3% over the last three months, not per month, total. Going back six months, nominal disposable personal income is only up 1.9%. Essentially, nominal income growth has ground to a complete halt over the summer. So consumers are looking in the fall thinking, we don't see any incomes growing on in nominal terms. Our situation is getting worse, especially with gasoline prices back on the table and rising again. Of course, they're going to be pessimistic. Who cares what the job openings number was? That has no bearing on what consumers are seeing. Instead, they're seeing nominal growth has just fallen right off here. And nominal growth means everything. Because if nominal growth is, is, is slowing down, even if we have more disinflation in terms of prices, we still have positive price changes, which means that in real terms, incomes are falling again. Except this is, again, as I said, this is more severe than it was last year because last year was all about prices going faster than incomes. This year, we don't have incomes growing and we still have consumer prices that are, that are rising. So we have falling, falling disposable personal incomes and falling personal incomes this year that are much worse than last year because we don't have the nominal expansion too. Real DPI, again, the last three months, we're talking August, July, and June. Um, real DPI, and again, this same month as this supposedly job openings going up. So August real DPI, that was negative for the third consecutive month, a negative at an accelerating rate because, again, no nominal growth in income. So real incomes aren't going to be positive at all. So real incomes are falling. And so real spending is actually slowing down. Real personal, uh, real personal consumption expenditures, or PCE, that was up just 0.05% month over month in August. Not 0.5%, 0.05% in August. Over the last three months, the same three months in question, that's June, July, and August, real personal spending or real personal consumption expenditures up 0.9% total. Not in per month, 0.9% total. And real PCE going back to January is up just 1.1%. So spending has slowed down, but actually spending hasn't slowed as much as incomes have. So we have spending that is coming way down, but we have incomes that have come down what much, much further, which, le which leaves us with a personal savings rate that has tumbled again to another low or near the same low or near to, near to a low we set just recently. The personal savings rate in the month of August just 3.9%, so we're back under 4%. And as incomes have slowed and personal, uh, personal spending hasn't slowed as much, the savings rate has dropped in these same months, June, July, and August. We went from 5.4% in May to 4.9% in June to 4.1% in July, and now 3.9% in August. All the warnings about consumers running out of, uh, running out of savings 
that seems to be happening and at the worst possible time because we also have nominal incomes that are slowing down, pushing real incomes negative, which means we're coming to a, a real crossroads here. And that crossroads is not the one that's described by jolts and job openings. Instead, it's a crossroads that we can see in income, that we can see in consumer confidence. What does the economy look more like? Does it look more like how the labor market is being described in the media right now after the job openings number? Or is it all the rest? Is it hires, the hires rate, the low hires rate? Is it the low quits rates? Because, can, because workers can see that the, the labor market is nothing like everything it's being described as. Is it consumer confidence crashing to the lowest level in 2011? Or consumers as pessimistic in their six-month outlook as they've ever been, according to this one survey and several other surveys, increasing pessimism there. Nominal incomes that are no longer growing. Real incomes that are falling behind because nominal incomes aren't there. And all of it slowing spending, but spending is lagging incomes. Eventually, you get to the point where all of this combines and it doesn't look like what everybody says of job openings. But the article that I cited at the beginning was correct. If we're interpreting what the Federal Reserve is going to, to interpret of these statistics, they're going to focus on job openings and say, we need to do more to slow the economy when the actual economy looks nothing like what the job openings number says. In fact, the recession was never taken off the table. If anything, the balance of data continues to move in that same direction, including, by the way, job openings. When you interpret job openings in the proper context, including one month fluctuations, the trend and all that, the recession was never closed out. There is no proof that it's gone. There's nothing here that suggests even a soft landing. The balance of data is all on the side of recession and continues to move in that same direction. I want to see more about what might really be going on in the labor market, not the Jolt's job openings headline. Check out the video link below me. As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, and of course, our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see next to me. And until next time, take care.